in five, four, three, two, one. Welcome to the Me- Maximize Your Medicare podcast. While the information on this podcast is believed to be correct, you should verify all facts. Nothing in this podcast is to be construed as financial advice. It is not the offer for you to purchase any instrument or any interest in any financial contract, including but not limited to insurance. The opinions expressed in this podcast are mine and mine alone. They are not affiliated with the Department of Health and Human Services or financial institution. Now, the Art Lewis Show on News Radio 790 WSGW. Well, good morning to you and welcome. Welcome to the Saturday edition of the Art Lewis Show. Yes, friends, I am wide awake this morning. After yesterday, of course, I spent all of Thursday night, Friday morning with the Saginaw Fire Department riding along, and uh, <laughs> we rode along because we responded to four fires. Uh, so I was a little, um, uh, let's say, slowed yesterday by the lack of sleep. <laughs> I made up for it last night, trust me, friends. Uh, we're in a window right now, particularly those of you who uh, have Medicare, understand the window. For everyone else, uh, you're going to be under a window, too, whether you like it or not, when it comes to your health insurance. We're going to talk about that this morning. Returning for another visit uh, is our friend from Bay City who has uh, written a book called Maximize Your Medicare. He's also a certified financial planner and all kinds of other initials after his name. And we are pleased to welcome back to the program, J.O. Good morning. Good morning, Art. Good to see you. Thank you for having me. Okay, so I mentioned the windows. I think maybe before we get into some details and conversation here, we ought to explain what these windows are all about. We'll start with the Medicare window. Yes, it's during this period. It started on October 15th. It will end on December 7th or on midnight of December 7th. It is called the annual election period. During this period, people have the unrestricted right to change a Medicare Advantage plan and or a standalone prescription plan, which is otherwise known as Part D. Right. Does that also affect the supplemental plans, the the Medigap alphabet soup plans? It's an excellent question. It is a source of great comfort to people who enroll in Medigap plans. The language of Medigap stays the same as long as you pay the premium. So, no. So, it doesn't. But... Uh, can I change my Medigap plan any time during the year? When you first turn 65, you can select any Medigap plan. Right. When you are after the Medigap open enrollment period, which ends six months after mm-hmm. you turn 65, then you can change plans or you can enroll in a Medigap plan, but then you would be subject to medical underwriting at the discretion. So, in other words, you're ah. at the discretion of the carrier. So, once you go in at 65, open enrollment, you have to be, you have to be uh, uh, given a policy, right? But after that, six months later, and if you want to change, then they can demand uh, uh, medical exam and all of those things, and you meet the standards. They will ask you certain medical questions about your prescriptions and medical history. So. So once you have a Medigap plan, supplemental plan, the alphabet soup plans, I call them, um, and if something happens to diminish your health, you're better off staying with that plan then, right? You you don't really think about changing it because 
you could be subject to losing some of the coverage you have. You're absolutely right in the sense that it'll be if you had a developed medical situation and it were a serious one, it may be more difficult to change yeah. plans at that point. You can't easily, if that were the situation, change between or among Medigap plans. And the other side of that coin is if you're healthy and nothing's changed, then you're free to do what you want to do. That's correct. All right. So let's talk about D, the prescription plan, and the Advantage plans. Let's talk about these Advantage plans for a minute. Um, is there an advantage to an Advantage plan? I mean, it's it's a name that indicates, oh, it's a, you know, this is the Cadillac, this is what you want to do because it's an Advantage. Is there an advantage to an Advantage plan? Well, I think for certain people it is certainly uh, positive. First of all, unlike just the red, white, and blue card alone, the Medicare Advantage plan has an annual out-of-pocket maximum so if which you, is is it does it vary or is it it does vary but generally speaking you're talking about even out of net well inside of network somewhere for this region somewhere in the 3400 to 6700 now that's still a lot of money by that same token the red white and blue card alone has unlimited out-of-pocket maximum unlimited right but here's the question then, all right? Uh, when they say out of pocket, that means, if I understand it right, you're responsible for, example, the red, white, and blue cards, deductibles. Correct. And copays. Sure. And all of those things up to that number you gave, $3,400, let's say, right? Under an In, advantage plan. Under, under an advantage plan. Right. Uh, but the advantage plans don't cost much, do they? Relative to other plans, relative to, say, having Part B and D and a supplement plan, Advantage plans are a lot less expensive. In fact, in this region, as well as most jurisdictions around the country, you'll be able to find plans that cost zero. Zero? Correct. All right. Now, anytime somebody says to me <clears throat> zero and you're giving me something, there's a catch. There's some kind of restriction that's coming with it. Uh, in either who I see as a doctor or, you know, how do they, how can they do that, I guess is my question. It's a fair question. You can understand that whenever I try to explain this to people, people, the natural reaction is, this sounds too good to be well, true. Yeah, you must tell me something an for nothing. Yeah, the old story. Reality is, is that when you pay in payroll taxes, uh, you're paying an accumulation number that gets collected at the federal government when you pay your Part B premium which is 10490 a month mm -hmm. those funds are used and transferred to the carrier the carrier then allocates it for your medicare advantage okay so plan. if i have an advantage plan at, at 0 dollars out of my pocket that 10490 a month i'm still paying then it's a requirement that that so i'm paying that and that's what goes to the carrier right so okay. when we say when i said 0 that means in addition to the part b got premium. it Got it. Right. From there, you are right. In order to control costs under Medicare Advantage plans, there can be parameters or, in other words, like you pointed out, a primary care physician. That is possible that you need to go to a primary care physician first. That said, there are certain other Medicare Advantage plans where that is not a requirement. Where you can use your doctor, which I, would be a big event. I mean, you know, I don't want to change doctors. I had to do that once because my doctor retired. I don't want to do that again. It's that's a very natural reaction, Art. Very understandable. 
the concept here or the idea that people have to get used to if you enroll in a Medicare Advantage plan is you must be comfortable with the idea of network and then who's inside the network. That one can be the source of substantial debate in other parts of the country Actually, the makeup of the network is in the headlines. Uh, even this past week, I was asked a few questions by a radio station in Pittsburgh over a very hot controversy over the makeup of the network and that how restrictive it is and who's in it because the provider and the carrier are agreeing oh, yeah. to be with each other. And if they don't agree with one another, then we're going to have an issue. And the other thing about it, too, is, um, I, I mean, in effect, some of these Advantage plans are HMOs, aren't they? Yes, there are two big groups, if I might say, and the dominant ones are HMO and PPO. HMO, you are required to go to a primary care physician in most cases. You know, there are some certain plans that that is not the case, but by far the most require you to go to the primary care physician for referrals before you go to Which a specialist. Which they're controlling costs. Correct. Yeah. It's like a point guard right, or so, quarterback, if you will. So part of the Advantage plan is also Part D. Is the Part D plan of an Advantage plan as good as if you went out and bought a standalone? In many cases, that is true. And in addition to that, Art, for persons who have extra help who require financial assistance towards prescription costs, it can be the case that the premium of a of a Medicare Advantage plan can be lower than the sticker price. In other words, the pub, well-publicized price. And let's just say in, in this area, there are plans right in this $90 to $100 range. Okay. If you are, are eligible for special or extra help, then that extra help can lower your net premium, if you will. Extra help because of income? It's yes, an income the, test. It is an income test, so you, you can see there are even PPOs in the less than twenty dollars a month, and then after you get the extra help, less than ten dollars a month. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So now, next question: If you have an advantage plan, you're still responsible for the deductibles and all of those things, uh, even though there may be a cap on out of pocket. But you're responsible for the deductibles that come with Medicare. Can you have an advantage plan and a supplement plan? No, you cannot. Yeah. <laughs> you cannot have both. And a special point here is that the Medicare Advantage plans, the deductibles and co-pays that you, you were speaking about, they are at the discretion of the carrier, and they are subject to change every year. So when I make the presentations in front of seniors or people who take care of seniors, the two concepts are you must be very comfortable with the idea of network, and then you must be idea comfortable with the idea that it's an annual contract. Right. And that annual contract, the you know underlying meaning can be that all the fine details will change every year. So that, as you can understand, 53 million people on Medicare nationwide, 10,000 people a day turn 65. It makes common sense to be able to check through this annually. And yeah. we're not going to be able to get away from that, I don't think. Yeah. We're going to take a break, come back. We're talking to J.O. Uh, if you have any questions about Medicare, you can give us a call, 752-6111, toll-free, 866-790-WSGW. We'll tell you how to contact J.2 uh, before the end of the program today if you have any uh, specific concerns about Medicare. Uh, it is 921 here on the Art Lewis Show. 
WSGW 790 AM, WSGW 100.5 FM, your news, talk, and sports franchise stations in the Great Lakes Bay region. All right, we're back with you here on WSGW. Our guest in the studio is J.O. I've uh, written a book called Maximize Your Medicare. He's revised it more than once now. How many times? How many revisions? Are there? there was a 2013 edition. There's a 2014 edition. 14 edition. Um, and that book's available where? You get it at Amazon? And- you can get it on Amazon. I guess in these days, what can't you get on Amazon right now? <laughs> It's true. You know, you can't get your insurance on Amazon. <laughs> you can also go to Barnes & Noble or a bookseller and ask for it. They will special order it and be there in a couple of days. Maximize your Medicare. Before we go on, yeah, go ahead. I've got a couple of special listeners out there. As you know, you know, I have a community out there. But two very special listeners are in suburban Minnesota, suburban Minneapolis. They are my niece and nephew, six. And one of them is going to be six years old. His name is Oscar, and it's going to be his birthday. So may the force be with you, Oscar. Thank you very much, Art. <laughs> Listening on the computer, are they? Yeah, that's right. Listen to WSGW.com. That's right. There you go. Very good. Thank you. I don't have to see that. That's very good. I don't have to say it now. <laughs> All right. So uh, I mentioned early on uh, that, uh, you know, we're in this Medicare window that happens every year. That's right. But you were telling me before the show, there, there's another window that non-Medicare folks younger than 65 are going to have to learn to live with windows. Uh, and what's that window all about? That is going to be under the Affordable Care Act. It is no longer the What a ca- misnomer. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> it's going to be the case that the individual plans are going to all roll January one to January 1. So as a result, on November 15th, we will start to begin the annual enrollment period for individual plans. So what does that mean to the plan holder? If you better, you, you get a plan that's January 1 to January 1. So we buy a plan January 1, 2015, or we, we, right. we sign up for a plan to start January 1, 2015. Sure. Does that mean on um, May... 22nd, I decide I want to go to somebody else's plan. I can't do it. That's right. So they're going to be locked in then. That's right. You can have something called life qualifying event. For example, an employer stops offering. You may have been on um, changing jobs, for example. You can have a specific event, life qualifying, which allows you to change plans or newly enroll. Yeah, because obviously if you lose your employer's insurance or you leave your employer, you got to find something else. So. Exactly. But outside of that, yes, you are going to be locked in from for that year ending on December 31st. So basically everybody in the country is going to live under a window of one kind or another. I think that that's right. It, and if you might think about what the reasoning might be, it's to compare apples to apples. That's why the medallion, gold, silver, bronze, yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> where you can try to compare it when the, at least the price will be more transparent to... Everyday but consumers. not all companies offer all plans, do they? I mean, if you have if you have bronze, silver, gold, platinum, uh, company A may only offer bronze and silver. Company B may only offer bronze, silver, gold. Company D may only offer silver and platinum. I mean, it, it's, it's a real mishmash, isn't it? Dude, nobody's required to carry all four plans, are they? Not all four, but candid reality is and practical reality is that the carriers in Michigan for, you know, they do offer all three, meaning gold, silver, bronze, 
And then in addition to that, and what I think many people don't realize is that there are some carriers who have chosen not to participate in the marketplace exchange. So they additionally have offerings that fit those tiers, but just not available for people if they only use the website. Do they qualify, though? Uh, they do qualify. They, everybody must comply with the per, with you know the details, the outlines of the Affordable Care Act must. So that and is that similar to um, the the bronze, silver? You know the the tiers. Right. All right. Sure. Uh, is that comparable to the uh, the Medigap supplemental plans, where Plan F from Carrier A is the same as Plan F from Carrier B because the government dictates what the plan is, and Plan G is the same, so forth, so on. Is that the same in the Affordable Care Act that the bronze plan from Carrier A is the same as? Carrier B is the same as Carrier C? It is roughly. Um, the re- the way you get the medall- medallion colored, let's just say gold, yeah. is because based on averages, they predict that the gold plan will co- cover X percent of total medical costs. So, for example, carrier number one's gold plan must on average car- cover the same as carrier number At two's. Least. Gold plan, correct. Can it carry more? Can it can cover more? Of course, more? again, can... but that would be an individual incident, right? Because based on somebody who required substantial amounts of medical care and got substantial amount of benefits, that's after the fact. But before the fact is how they get judged. Okay, but here's, my, to... here's what I meant by my question, right? If we, if we look at the average percentages, and these are just off the top of my head, and I don't sure. even know if they're accurate, all right? Uh, let's say the bronze plan is a 40% deductible. Or copay, right? And the silver plan is thirty, and the uh, gold plan is twenty, and the platinum plan is ten. Okay. Okay. I, uh, if I'm a carrier and I offer a gold plan, and my gold plan is twenty percent, twenty percent copay. Sure. Okay. Carrier B, can they offer a a gold plan, but their copay is eighteen percent? You know? They can the when I say on average because there are copay average is copay is just one of the you know the headliners but reality is there's deductible and then there are different cost sharing measures based on what kind of procedures or you might have so that twenty percent plan could cost you more than twenty percent it can be it can be and it can also be less so <clears throat> that will vary but we can't know after the fact. All we can say is before the fact, on average, they're predicting that that fits within a gold tier or a silver tier or a bronze tier. And then you'll have different premiums across that as well. So it can be difficult. It can be challenging. The healthcare.gov website does add some transparency to it. But, of course, even among care and within carrier, there can certainly be a difference in results, of course. All right. Let's go back to uh, to Medicare now. Uh, let's take uh, the person who's um, been on it a few years now, and they have their plans, whatever they are. Sure. Now comes the window, which we're in right now. Right. How do they decide? What should they look at to decide whether or not they want to change plans and companies? First of all, it's my number one piece of you know consumer tip or my consumer tip number one if you will 
is to check the prescription costs every year. I can tell you this year that it's my anecdotal evidence that almost everyone's plan changes. Every person, all of my clients, every single one, the plan that they had last year is in most cases, in the overwhelming number of cases, changing. And in what way? What they cover or what they tier drugs in? What, what, what changes about it? Well, as I like the Medicare Advantage plan, a prescription plan, a standalone prescription plan is an annual contract. So that means that premiums, okay. co-pays are all changing. So it may sound like, okay, that's all negative, negative, because people just presume it's running away from you. But on the other hand, there are 30 different plans, and the carriers are not asleep at the wheel, let's just presume. I think safe. Yeah, safe, presume <laughs> safe, safe presume, presumption. They're trying to win. So as a result, they're offering and trying to compete with one another, thereby pushing down costs. And that is has been proven to be effective, and I, all my point is that in 2014, you the best plan for your prescription list might have been Plan X, and in 2015, under that, even if your prescription prescription list did not change, it is very likely that your plan will change. And that is an exercise, again, kind of you can hear my same message, which is that it's going to be difficult to get around the fact that it's wisest probably to check again, even if that means, okay, I'm okay for this next year and this is still the most efficient plan, just stay with it. That's very different than not running the drill. All right. So let's say I, I come to you and I say, Jay, I don't know anything about this. I mean, here's my plan D. It's a standalone plan. What do you need to be able to look and tell me if I have the best plan? What What do you expect me to give you so you can do that research for me? Because I'm incapable of it. I don't know those things. Consumers can actually do this. Everyday persons can do this on, okay. Medi on Medicare.gov. Okay. There is a system to input your prescriptions, asking dosages and asking your pharmacies, who your pharmacies that you use. And then out will come a list of plans, of the 30 plans that are available in Michigan, in, and you can sort them in order of anticipated, estimated prescription costs. Now, some people don't like computers some people aren't comfortable some people are afraid they're gonna some people need a second set of eyes yeah they call me they ask me can you just help me and just verify for example some people who are really good on computers just say we just check this over and my other point would be is if you're not comfortable and the person that you call won't do it for you you can easily find somebody well, who will find another person yeah <laughs> You're supposed to be my advisor here. <laughs> Advise me, right? <laughs> we should point out, too, that uh, uh, we, we talk about calling Jay. Uh, you you provide a myriad of services. You're not just in the insurance game. Tell, just tell us briefly what you do, what your company is all about. Well, I started a financial, uh, financial planner, financial advisor, financial planner, to me, the reason I start with healthcare cost is because it's just financial reality that if you start by focusing all of your time and attention on portfolios, which gets all the headlines, but if you become ill and face serious healthcare costs, that is the number one cause of bankruptcy in this nation, not credit card debt, not foreclosure. So you can understand why my focus is here first, meaning that 
let's take care of this or at least understand the risks that we're taking. You can understand. We've spent all this time together here, Art. People don't understand Medicare fundamentally. So they're, as a result, taking a financial risk they don't understand. Nevertheless, they spend hours and hours and hours looking through, <laughs> right, Kiplingers, yeah. Barons, oh, yeah, well, yeah. for mutual funds. And in certain set, some of those mutual funds, for example, in the fixed income world, the difference of return amongst the 10,000 mutual funds cannot possibly make up the difference in healthcare costs because you're tired of the advertisements and you throw them into the garbage. Um, MaximizeYourMedicare.com is the website for the book. There is a button there that you can email me directly so you can understand that people do have questions or they raise a question, sure. they think about it later, they can go to the website. They can also contact me directly. And that number is? Uh, five nine 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 eight nine here in this local area five four five one two three nine and myself or someone will respond within twenty four hours. All right, we'll take a break. Be back with more with Jay. It's timely talk on the issues impacting your life. Tom Sullivan is live every weekday afternoon at three on WSGW. All right, we're back with you here on WSGW before we get back to our guest, J.O. And by the way, if you have any questions about uh, Medicare and health insurance, 752-6111, toll-free 866-790-WSGW. Let me ask you how your sleep was last night. You know, today's workers are asked to do more for less. So when you go to bed and you spend a third of your life there, you need quality sleep. You can get it with a quality mattress from Sanitary Mattress. You can visit all the so-called sleep stores or you can rest assured that the mattress you're using is manufactured right here in the Great Lakes Bay region to your specifications. Your dollars are spent, and they stay right here in our local economy. Your time in bed may be cut short by today's demanding world, but don't be fooled. You can still get a quality good night's sleep on a sanitary mattress. And they feature one-hour window delivery of your mattress to your home. And if you have an RV or a boat, sanitary mattress will custom make a mattress for you. Box stores can't do that, can they? Visit the Sanitary Mattress Factory and Showroom, serving the area since 1935. Set your GPS to 5343 Janes Road in Saginaw, just east of the Harry Brown Airport. Visit them on the web at sanitarymattress.com or call 753-1757. Sanitary Mattress. Go to our phones now for J.O., and we have uh, Jim in Saginaw on the line. Jim, good morning. Good morning, D.R. Got a quick question for you. This is a Medicare, but kind of backward with car insurance. I was told, I actually have done this already, that it is important that you add the rider to your car insurance once you turn 65 because being Medicare, you're not supposed to pick up car accidents because of uh, uh, Medicare is, is not the, is the primary that's exactly right. That's a good point. Um, explain that. Yeah, I, I heard. yeah, explain that, Jay, because it's uh, that's interesting to me because I had heard that. But what do you have to do then to cover yourself? Medicare is primary, but it doesn't doesn't cover anything that other insurance might cover. Right? Exactly right. Okay. So as a result, if you do are looking for, if you're driving and you <clears throat> need to have auto insurance, which everyone does then it would be advisable to have the riders. That's okay. 
I got to ask a question here because Jim brings up this great point. I and, and I guess I was under a misunderstanding that auto insurance was always primary in an auto accident. But do you have to add something to your policy? Not to make under that Medicare. Case? Medicare won't. Oh, okay. So under Medicare, your poli- your auto policy doesn't become primary. Correct. But Medicare won't Me- cover Medicare either. won't cover it. Is the bottom line. Well, why were auto insurance carriers allowed to remove it once you become on Medicare, which doesn't cover it? <laughs> we have a different regime once oh, you turn Jim, that you on Oh, Jim, you have brought up a gold mine. Me- <laughs> Medic- Medicare, Medicare is the rule maker ultimately as soon as you turn 65 and those eligible. And I think that m- more importantly than that, than that, Art, is the idea that before you're on Medicare and after you're on Medicare, the rules are substantially different. The language looks the same. It may you it may feel the same. It's not the yeah. same. So, Jim, did you have to get a rider? Yes. Well, see, I was with General Motors before, and I was covered through Blue Cross. Yeah. My so my insurance company, my all my car company said, "Well, you don't need the rider." Okay. And then I was talking to some friends. He said, "I got stuck with a twenty thousand dollar medical bill." I go, "What?" <laughs> and uh, come to find out, that I'm, and I've been trying to research this and. I added the rider, cost me enough money, but. <laughs> so, what did the rider do for you? Then it made your auto insurance primary in an auto. That accident? is correct, and uh, it's, it's a very good so point. It's like having another health insurance policy. What I, what I had seen was, uh, if you look it up online, uh, it says that uh, Medicare will pay the bill, but then they will probably come back after you <laughs> for the money. So, it'd rather be safe. Thank you very much for this call and comment because it is true about the auto matter. And it is also true as far as the principle, which is that Medicare will work differently once you turn 65 than what you may have been used to. So let me ask you this, uh, Jim. How how much different was your premium uh, when you added the rider? About a hundred, about a hundred some bucks. About a hundred some bucks for your policy period. That's correct. Yeah. Each, yeah. Well, it, it jumped in. From what I'm understanding, it's also because of our no fault state. Is that true, sir? That part I'm not a PNC or your property and casualty expert, so you would have to check that. But that is my understanding as well, and I've just read that the same as you have. That due to the no no fault state yeah. status of Michigan, I've been trying to spread the word to different people, and nobody believes me on it. But well, listen, I'm glad you called. I'll be checking. <laughs> so I know that. Well, well see, I had dropped it originally because I was all the time I worked, I was being covered by Blue Cross. Of course. And I'm still covered by Blue Cross, but that's secondary to what Medicare that doesn't pay. That became your supplemental then. That's and that, correct. And that's really my point, which is that you you worked under a particular set of you know notions, some ideas based on pre-Medicare knowledge and technology and language. But then when you turn 65 and you go on Medicare, even when the language looks the same, it doesn't work the same. This is the point. Uh, Jim, thank you very much. Okay. Appreciate the call. Goodbye. Thank you. This is a, a, a point, too, that's going to be different for everybody. It was different for me because I didn't go on to Medicare till I was 68 or 9 because the insurance carrier we had here didn't require me to. They didn't push me to it. Now, some carriers do push you to it, don't they? It actually is regulated by law, Art, and it's a good question because this is probably the most a widely asked question on MyMedicareAnswers.com. I serve as an expert panelist. There are five of us. It's it's powered by Humana. That is the 
that is the most popular question, which is, can I delay my Part B enrollment? If you work for a large employer and are covered by health insurance, then Medicare can Part B can be delayed. It has to be comparable, though. It has to be at least comparable to, to Medicare, right? It has to provide you with... It has to provide... You must have health insurance. Now, reality is is that it's the prescription portion also you must have. Right. And that is a very strict standard and as I far as... I used to get a letter every year that says your plan is comparable to or better than... Medicare's Part B, so Part D model. Later and not pay That's more. right. We're going to take a break. Come back. We'll have another <clears throat> call for Jay. All right. We're back with you. J.O., my guest. Maximize your Medicare, his book. And let's talk to uh, Sandy in Saginaw. You're on with J.O. Good morning, Sandy. Good morning. I have Medicare, Medigap, uh, Blue Cross Blue Shield legacy plan. Right. And a, and a prescription plan. I've been told that that legacy plan is going to no longer exist in 2000 or 2016. It's an excellent question, and it's an excellent point. The minute you mentioned it, I saw Jay smile. So I've, <laughs> go ahead. This plan is, as you know, Sandy, it's it has a const, constant price, a price that doesn't yep. change, and it, it's not relevant or pertinent what age you are either it's the same it is called community based the issue is that the price was held constant is held constant as the result of a special agreement between the state of michigan and the carrier Mm -hmm. and just so you know i don't have an axe either way here i do represent blue cross i do have an affiliation with blue cross okay um you are right that that agreement is set to terminate in August of 2016. If J&R's insurance company set out to offer this plan to people almost irrespective of age, $122 and change, which I believe is the existing premium yep. now, would not be the premium. I'll just say that. change. I would just say that with a blank piece of paper that JNR's insurance company would not be that 122 would not be the price. All right, so let me ask you this. I mean, uh, the legacy plan is it still for sale today? Can you buy it? It is. But it's not going to be a fixed premium down the road. On the 16 uh, uh, in 2016 it's going to is the premium going to change or is the plan going to go away? I don't know. Um and that's the issue is and I don't think that it's entirely clear Yet, I don't think that it has received the public inten- the public attention uh, as yet. You can see online, for example, if you look, you will see a small snippet from different news organizations about it. That at that time, how the pricing structure will change is unknown. Okay. Right. Well, by the time I buy a, premium, a prescription plan, my premium isn't any different than anybody else's plan, basically. It depends on your age, mm-hmm. right? For example, if you're 93 years old, you still get the same $122 mm-hmm. a month. How did they ever create that? <laughs> and then if, like I said, J&R's insurance company would not be offering a Medigap plan to a 93-year-old at $122 a month. Or not for very long, anyway. Yeah, be out of business, huh? <laughs> right. All right. Good luck, Sandy. Thank you. Yep, bye-bye. Bye. Well, Jay, that uh, kind of... Brings us to the conclusion here, so tell everybody how they can contact you again. 
You can go online to www.maximizeyourmedicare.com. That is the website, the official website for the book. There is a button there. It says right on the front page to email Jay. You can also contact me directly. Someone will get back to you within 24 hours, 989-545-1239. All right, we'll talk to you again. Thanks. Thank you, Art. J.O., we'll be back to close.